Hello and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Uh, this is Cole and I recently went to Texas to do a tour of printed threads. Um, Brett Bowden was nice enough to give me a in-person tour so that I could see things and ask questions about their flow. Um, since we are moving the shop at the end of this month, I wanted to see what a shop a little bit bigger than mine was doing differently. This whole episode is on YouTube, so if you want to see the actual space, head on over to youtube.com slash shirt agency and you can watch it there. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm Cole from Shirt Agency, and I have a new shop that I have to set up. So I came on out to Texas to see Brett from Printed Threads and see how they're running their whole operation. Hey, Brett. Hey, Cole. Thanks for coming to Texas. So, Brett, I absolutely love just walking into the front of the space. Can you just take us through, like, the entire experience that a customer has when they have their shirt made so that I can see like the flow of the entire shop? Yeah, absolutely. So here we are in customer service. Whenever someone walks in the front door, we've got four customer service people here to receive them, to give them the, hey, welcome to Printed Threads experience and, and uh, ask them the questions and show them all the cool prints and the, and the soft t-shirts and whatever they might want to see and uh, kind of give them that, that experience. It's kind of an elevated experience, I hope, from maybe uh, the, the typical promo style uh, place because what we want to do is take people's brands, really elevate them, make them like, oh, this is, you know, you care about my company, you care about how people look, you care about people actually buying merchandise and uh, helping my company get to the next level. So uh, that's what we're hoping to do with having kind of this warm, inviting environment and showing great products and showing what we can do for a customer's brand. And when did you move into this space? We've been in this space uh, for a year and a half. We are right in downtown Fort Worth, Texas. If you live nearby or if you ever drive down I-35, you'll see us right on the freeway. That's awesome. Yeah, let's check it out. All right, so uh, here you can see we've designed this space uh, very specifically to have, this is our kind of customer service and showroom area. And then here along this wall, we have a row of offices in between the showroom and production. So this first office here is our conference room. And you can see we've got the conference room with a nice giant window that shows production to kind of have that micro brew effect. So when people come in to sit down for a meeting, they actually see shirts being printed. Kind of gives that cool effect and, and wonderment of, oh wow, that's neat. <laughs> yeah, people love that. And it's nice because I always have people who want to walk into my shop at the moment because I'm closed off. I really like that window idea where it's like, yeah, you can see us make the donuts, but can you maybe get out of the way? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then um, here's our sales manager's office. He's got a nice little view of inks in the background. I wanted to make sure that all these offices, like when we moved into the building, uh, this that was just a tilt wall construction. We cut all the windows and doors and everything in. I wanted to make sure everybody got a little bit of depth or they got a little bit of space and color and light in their offices. Maybe a little bit more inspiring than like looking like a little bit of a jail cell. So yeah. uh, we got that window in production there. And then this is our production manager's office. And when we designed this, it was really important to me that there's a door into production and a door into customer service because the production manager really is playing that liaison 
between customer service and production all day long because they need to know what's going on with this order, is it really due today, is this color right, is this what the customer expected, and they're relaying all that information to the production team and trying to speak both languages, kind of that translator there. So uh, the production manager has the door to, to both realms there. And as we move on here, uh, we've got uh, our production art office and and a similar concept to our production manager's office production art also needs to see production they need to see customer service and the one additional touch that production art has is the screen department so there's actually three doors in the production art office they interface with the screen department the production department and customer service so they have all access points at their fingertips so they can communicate efficiently with all of those departments. Yeah, that looks really clean. Uh, so from the art department, how does that work? If somebody places their order and then the art department is making a mock-up or are you having that being done like with Inksoft, some sort of online mock-up generator? Either the customer has provided their art already or they're working with maybe our sister company, The Creative Situation, to have art created and that's being sent over to us. Oh, we're using some apps in the background like Asana to have oh. kind of task management that says, hey, uh, we need to get this mock-up created ASAP. We have about a 24-hour turn on our mock-ups. So as soon as the order is created, we say, this mock-up needs to be created. Here's the art assets. That goes to the art department. The art knows, hey, we get, need to get these uh, mock-ups created ASAP. That gets created. The customer service department can see that that mock-up is ready to send to the customer. Customer service sends it back to the customer. Customer says, yep, that's approved, I'm ready to go. Customer service clicks, yep, that's approved. And then the art department knows it's then ready to be separated and sent into the production. So you guys, you don't do films anymore, right? Like, so you're using what, wax? Or how are you creating your artwork for the screens? So here at Printed Threads, we, yeah, we've graduated from films and we are using a wax unit in order to uh, create screens with direct screen. I'd love to see that. I just bought one. So if we could head over to the screen room, that sounds great. All right, let's go check it out. So this is a nice open space for a screen room. Tell me a little bit about the flow in the space and also the machinery. All right, this specific room is uh, part of our dark room. Our dark room is divided into two rooms. We have a wet room and a dry room. Wherever we coat screens, that's considered the wet room. We coat the screens, we rack them, we let them dry in that room, and once they're dry, we move them into this room, which is the dry room. All these screens have been dried, and because we know that if you coat screens and then they dry and you coat another rack of screens, the emulsion is made of at least 50% water. That evaporates into the air, but what happens is it evaporates in the air and absorbs into your already dry screens to make them wet again. Yeah. So we wanna make sure that our dry screens go into a different environment. So now we've got dry screens in this environment here, so they're, they're ready to go and be imaged. This is our Kiwo XTS unit, which is a wax unit. We take our screens, we lock them into this unit here. It allows us to print wax directly on the screen, which eliminates the use of film. So it actually prints on the screen faster than you can print a film. And you don't have to worry about lining the film up on the screen. And also when we go on to press and line the screens up on press, 
Pretty much every time the screens are dead in register when we're using our registration jig. That allows us to set up very, very quickly. Sometimes we have to use a hairline micro adjustment, but that's very rare. It allows us to, to uh, keep our presses running almost all the time. This is the wet room where on a normal day we would be bringing all of our screens in from Reclaim and they would dry in here. And once they were dry, we would coat them on an automatic coater. You can see this one's very dirty because it hasn't been maintained very well. One thing you have to really pay attention to is uh, all your emulsion drips, making sure you don't drip all over the coater. Um, and at some point, if people have been negligent, it feels like it's a lost cause. So uh, why did you want to automate the coating as opposed to just having somebody stand there and slap it on? Automating the coating is is important because it is an art. Coating is an art. You usually only have one or two people in your shop that can do it really well. Mm -hmm. And what happens when they call in sick, you know? So this allows you to have people kind of rotate through this job without having to be trained to have that kind of artistic level of quality. Yeah. Um, also, you kind of, without getting too into too much of a crazy technical argument, you pretty much get the same coat every time a nice even coat and while it doesn't go way faster than coating by hand it does coat both sides of the screen at the same time so it is at least twice as fast as coating by hand okay so with this many screens how do you not have someone lose their mind trying to clean them um they probably still lose their mind trying to clean them but we do go through about 100 screens per day. It's important for us to have a nice process or else the next day we won't have enough screens cleaned in order to coat and image the right amount of screens the next day. So yeah. we keep that nice tight process. And so what happens is we have a cart of screens that comes from press. These are the screens that have already been used. They come with their ink buckets that align with the screens here. That's really smart. So you can see this screen says 1795 on it. I would pull this screen out. I would find my bucket that says 1795, open it up, scrape all the ink out, put it back in the bucket. Now these buckets of ink go back on a take back cart to be cataloged back with all the ink on the, on the racks over there. And I would take this screen and I would put it on this stack here. All of these screens have already been scraped out and they're ready to go into Reclaim. I love that idea because so many shops become so messy because people set stuff on a press and then they decide it's someone else's problem. And you've got screens stacked in a corner that somebody hasn't gotten around to cleaning yet. So I love the idea of the carts being organized and going in a circle throughout the cart. Right. And so we stack all the screens on these flat carts here, mm -hmm. which is really nice. So they're scraping all the screens, stacking them on a cart, and then they're gonna grab this cart when it's full, and then the cart over there is empty, and we're gonna walk over here to the reclaim machine. So you can see this is another cart, just like the one that was over there. It's full of screens. And then one at a time, we're gonna take a screen, put it on the end of the reclaim machine, this is just an automatic uh, Lotus Holland reclaim machine. You put a screen there, 
in this chamber, it sprays on a ink degradant. That ink degradant scrubs the ink off. In this chamber, it sprays on an emulsion remover. And as it sits in that chamber and glides along, that emulsion remover is eating away the emulsion. And once it gets to this chamber, a pressure washer pressure washes up and down uh, to clean out the emulsion all the way so it comes out a clean screen. We throw that screen in this booth to grease it, put it in a rack, and then it goes into the dark room to dry. And I mean, we still have a guy with a pressure washer and elbow grease doing it. What's the output of this compared to a human? So this is about 30 an hour. Okay, wow. So. If somebody did do 30 an hour, they'd be working hard. They'd be so, working yeah, really hard. That'd be yeah. rough. Yeah. That's cool. You'll notice at printed threads that we have this fencing. And the reason the fencing is here is because clean stuff stays on this side of the fence and dirty stuff stays on that side of the fence. Smart. We don't want garments to get ink on them where there's not supposed to be ink on them. As you can see, this is our ink department. We've got all different kinds of inks, whether it's Plastisol, water-based, and different ink manufacturers and uh, just different types of inks. We mix all kinds of inks on site here, and when a customer calls and they need a specific Pantone number, we'll mix out for them. So as you see right here, we've got these carts here getting ready for press. And so we've got five presses here. So in the morning, on Monday morning, we'll have five carts here getting staged and getting ready to go to their presses. So each cart will have all of its screens for the day and cool. all of its inks for the day and all of its squeegees and flood bars for the day. Super so that cool. way, the press operator for press one will come grab his cart He'll take it to his press, and when he looks at his production software to see which uh, screen he needs for the first job, he'll look at the side of the screen, he'll see the client's name, the, uh, the print name, the color. You can see these are all, all say, the back print, you know? Is that dry erase? Uh, no, it's actually Sharpie. Oh, but, but the cleaner rips it off? Uh, just alcohol will wipe that right off. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I love this idea because you are you don't have somebody walking to the screen room asking about their screens and then finding out they've, they're not burned or whatever. Do you have somebody coming in early to prep these or are they just doing it the, the day before the job runs? They're doing it the day before. So we have someone uh, do it. This is their full job. Their full job is just prepping screens all day long. Cool. Yeah. And what we realized is we gained so much efficiency by that because if a press operator is over here looking for ink or looking for a screen or something like that. Yeah, it destroys just, their productivity. Uh, absolutely, yeah. so trying to do whatever we can to keep the presses running. Awesome. So they take the press cart and then you guys are running all rock automatics? That's right, so we have five rock automatic presses here. And you can see here these carts Right now we're in the slow season, um, so we actually um, are dealing with situations where uh, we are waiting for garments to come in off the truck. Once, once they get in, we're taking them off the truck and printing them the same day, so we don't have a bunch of shirts staged right now. But typically as the season gets busier and we build up our printing queue, this would be stacked with shirts for each press, and each press has their lane of carts, and so 
Uh, the press operator will come over here. They'll see their stack of shirts labeled by the PO number. They'll grab their stack of shirts um, and take it uh, to their press. So that way, this, it's like figuring out how little we can communicate and communicate a lot at the same time. Yeah. That way the production manager's not having to talk to the press operator all the time. The press operator just sees in the production software, in their production software, I'm working on this PO number. I know I need those screens that uh, coordinate with that ink that go to those shirts. And they don't have to ask anybody any questions. They see it all, they set up the job, they grab the shirts, and they start printing. Are you on one of the major uh like print shop softwares, or are you on something that you made yourself? We're on something that we made ourselves uh, because we didn't see an option out there in the marketplace that really fit uh, our needs, we didn't feel like. And so we just decided the best thing to do for us would be to uh, create something for ourselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've played with a lot of the systems and I wish I could modify them. So I understand why you would want to do that. Maybe one day, we can all come together and create something great together. One, one massive, perfect piece of software. That's right. So you see here, we have all of our pallets for all different jobs stored. They're all stored on carts. So if a press operator needs to put on bigger pallets or smaller pallets or sleeve pallets or whatever it might be, they can just take this cart to their press and they can take um, a standard cart to their press take off the standard style uh, pallets, put on the whatever accessory pallets, and then keep on going. That way they're not stacking pallets weirdly on the ground and they get dinged up and ruined and all that stuff. And for any shop of any size, this PVC pipe idea is really smart because it allows you to just change the, the width and whatever, you're just screwing it in as a separator. Yeah, there hasn't been a great uh, solution for the industry, so. Yeah, like a, yeah, I've never seen like a pre-made one. People always end up having to customize them. So as I said earlier, we were staging over there to bring to press. These are the carts that have been brought to press and have um, the jobs in them with the ink colors on top of them. The ink colors are always married to the cart that the screens are in. When the screens come off the press, they go to the same cart that the inks are on. That way we're never in a situation where you have an ink with it, or you have a screen with the wrong ink color and you can't find the ink bucket. You know, we've, we've said, we've uh, made sure that everybody understands you gotta keep those married together. That way no one gets confused and we're not wasting time looking for something. And was the person who was making the screen carts the same person who's in charge of the ink area or is that That's two separate jobs? One job. One job, got yeah. it. It probably should be two jobs. It depends on how busy we are, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right, so at this point, shirts are coming around to the presses. We've got our inks coming to the presses here and then shirts are going down the dryer uh, to be stacked and, uh, and boxed up. How many inches wide is that belt, do you know, off the top of your this head? This particular belt is 60 inches wide. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, this is not a rock dryer, but on the rock dryers, they come in like 59 and centimeters or some sort of language yeah. that I don't understand. So I'm just picturing, I mean, <laughs> my, my current dryer is a little smaller than this, but with a loader and an unloader, on every station, is this enough dryer? You know, 
We were skeptical with putting three presses on a 60-inch dryer, yeah. but we have effectively pulled it off and it hasn't been a giant problem yet. Um, I'm sure there's days where it's uncomfortable, uh, but for the most part, uh, we've been able to pull it off. So it's, it's gone fairly well. Being able to put, uh, if, if your shop is growing and you have some space issues, being able to put three presses on a dryer is a, is a great solution. It also creates this pod to where like, you really need a manager for every dryer that you have. And being able to have three presses on one dryer just eliminates, or it just means that you can have one manager for three presses. Um, that makes it just a lot easier to, because it's hard for like eyes to be on two dryers at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And do you typically do loader unloader or on a like a normal slower time? Maybe it's just one operator for the entire press. A lot of times we'll have just single operator and for large jobs, like you can see everything is red right here. Yeah. It's because I think we were printing cheap shirts that have too much lint and, <laughs> and um, uh, there's thousands of them. So on a job like that, where we're printing multiple thousands of shirts, we'll put an unloader on the job just because it's an exhausting yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it speeds it up too. Yeah, it speeds it up. And uh, you know, I like the idea of having floaters that can kind of float around and jump from press to press and relieve people. That way, like if someone's loading a big job, they can switch and the loader can become the unloader for a little while. How much staff do you have? Is it like 50-50 office and production or is it more heavily production people? I think it's about 50-50. Uh, it's about okay, so yeah. there is a lot of people handling art, customer service, all that kind of stuff. Right, and receiving and yeah. It depends on where you draw the line of production because I guess I wouldn't consider like uh, receiving and some of those positions as, as production, even though maybe they are, so, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of receiving, let's see the quality control process and also, you know, like bagging, tagging, all that kind of after it's printed stuff. Right. All right, as we come to the end of the dryer, it's really important that uh, the shirts are all stacked really nicely. People have made a really big investment if they bought a bunch of shirts from you. Average, you know, if, if they bought a box of shirts that's about this size, like each of these boxes has 96 shirts in them. That's probably anywhere from 700 to $1,000 of value inside of that box. So people deserve to open up something that looks really nice. If you spent that much money, I mean, that's a considerable yeah. amount of money. So we, we stack everything up, make it look really nice, you know, and then, and then fit it in the box to where we actually uh, use this method to where we open the box like this, and uh, we fit them in the box like this. Um, and that way, when customers open the box, they it looks like that, instead of just being a bunch of sloppy mess in there. And then of course, uh, they spent a lot of money on their shirts, you know, so. Maybe give them a little nice message there. I like the branding on your boxes. We're still reusing boxes because I wanted to tell myself I was being eco-friendly, but it looks so sloppy. It does look sloppy. It's like, you know, these 
it just goes back to that like the people are spending a lot of money and so it's like give them something that's beautifully packaged they spend a lot of money yeah it, it is hard you know uh, we have a you know we spend a lot of money on recycling so that we can recycle all the old boxes yeah know? right <laughs> which is kind of funny so not only do we spend a lot of money on these boxes but we spend like five hundred dollars a month on recycling the old boxes. oh wow it's like a, <laughs> It's a weird catch twenty-three. But they look great, and it, yeah, it definitely would get people more excited to open it up instead of some half-beaten-up UPS-driven box. Yeah, it's funny too because we we made sure to invest in really good boxes. They're all double-walled. They they hold up. And what happens is people end up like, especially bands that go on tour, um, they'll keep the good boxes and throw out the crappy boxes. And so a lot of times, you know, bands will order merch from a bunch of different. Uh, vendors, mm -hmm. and then they'll keep the good boxes and throw out the bad vendor boxes. So marketing, yeah. So it's great marketing for us. And I've seen pictures of you know printed threads boxes at all kinds of concert venues and stuff. That, you know, places that we shouldn't be. So that's cool. Yeah, it's really important in your production flow as you're designing your shop, like to design your receiving department for the amount of shirts that you print. Mm -hmm. and so if you're printing. 10,000 shirts a day, you need to design your receiving department to house 20,000 or 30,000 shirts a day because you're receiving shirts in, you're pushing shirts through production, you're shipping shirts out. There's just a lot of shirts in the way all the time. And unfortunately, that was a little bit of short-sightedness that we had in designing the layout of this facility. Um, but another problem that we've had over the last couple of years is having shirts come from like seven different facilities all the time whenever we order shirts because of uh, shortages of supply chain stuff. Yeah. So it's become really important to be able to communicate where shirts are all the time and how to marry up the shirts that came three days ago with the ones that came today and all that stuff. So uh, what we've decided and determined the best thing to do for, for our situation is to have uh, almost like a bin location system, but uh, we take the last number of a PO, so you can see that uh, it's hand, you know, some of these numbers are really hard and you won't be able to see them, but like written bigger on here, this this is a PO number, 28876, right? So the tenth, the, the tenth number there, the seven, is the, what we're gonna use as the determining factor of where we put stuff, because obviously the two is not gonna change very often and the six right, is yeah. gonna change too much, right? So we take that seven there, and this is the seven section, the 70 section. So anything in this realm right here is always gonna be the 70s. Anything here is gonna be the 80s. Anything here is gonna be the 90s. And then we did the same thing over there with those little milk crates, right? So whenever you get in a shirt that's like, oh, there's just one of them, you know, because it came in a small bag. Well, we put that in the milk crate because it doesn't need to go in a rack because it'll go get smashed and lost. So then when we've got the big box that comes over here, we can take the one that was in the milk crate and go marry them up together. And now we have the full order that can go get staged for production. Very cool. Well, if you made it to the end of the episode, thank you so much for listening. Um, we are going to be adding some more stuff on YouTube about the move. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be on the Bella channel and also reposted on the Shirt Agency channel. So feel free to subscribe so you don't miss it. 
Um, also, wish me luck. We're going to move the shop on March 28th, and I'm freaking out about it. But whatever. It'll be a lot better once it's done. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>